Hello humans, welcome to a new episode of the Iliac Suite. I've got some numbers for you today in the beginning. The digital music distribution, publishing and licensing service TuneCore recently published a study about artificial intelligence and music. Here are the results. Out of 1,500 artists from over 20 countries, the USA and France representing most of the participants, 50% are aware and engaged with AI. They rather think positively about it. 39% rather have fears. The rest is probably undecided. 27% have used AI tools, most of them for creative artwork. Around a third wants to use generative AI in the creative process. Around 30% would grant consent for their music, voice recognition and artwork creation to be used in generative AI. But the majority of them would only do that with a permission, compensation and credits. More than 60% of them fear being replaced by AI-generated music, plagiarism and fair distribution of recorded music revenue. Last but not least, half of them show willingness to offer their music for machine learning. But how would this data of music be used and analyzed in these datasets? We will talk about that today on this little show. This is the Iliac Suite, a podcast on AI-driven music. Join me as we dive into the ever-evolving world of AI-generated music, where algorithms become the composers and machines become the virtuosos. Yes, this music and text was written by a computer and I am not real, but... I am and my name is Dennis Kastrup. Is this the real life? Is this fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a poor boy, I need no sympathy, cause I'm easy come. Easy go, little high, little low. Anywhere the wind blows, doesn't really matter to me. To me. Mama, I just can't. Come, send shivers down my spine. 
Whitney Houston singing Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. The user Alex on YouTube who uploaded this video is definitely a Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston fan. All of his or her videos are AI versions with the two voices of the singers. This AI version of that famous hit does not have the original music in the background but a piano version of it. And this happens often with these kinds of songs. Unfortunately, I do not have any more information how it was made, like a lot of times. This is what I think. He or she took an existing piano instrumental of Bohemian Rhapsody and let someone sing it. A friend? Or is it her who did it by herself? I also think it is always the same person singing in all of the videos because sometimes the voice breaks a bit and you can hear the original. I chose this version because it is an impressive example of what is already possible. Also impressive these days is music that is generated by an AI. There are Iva, Refusion and others and since a couple of years also Mubert. Creating a voice where you train on one singer is not that difficult anymore. Training on music in general 
is really, really difficult because, first of all, you have to be able to describe music so that the model understands. About that, I have talked with Paul Skordan, CEO and head of music at Mubert. He explained me what exactly they are doing. Our users are mainly content creators and different uh, artists uh, who want to add like uh, some soundtrack for their content, for their video, reel or uh, vlog uh, or even NFT. So uh, they can visit our uh, product, Weber Render, and uh, generate soundtrack uh, uh, there. So uh, they only have to put some text description in the uh, special field and uh, set a duration of a track. Uh, so five minutes uh, up to 25 minutes. Uh, choose a type of a track. We have different types for different occasions. and. Uh, Uh, like jingle or mix or loop and uh, hit generate and uh, Mubert will uh, generate some suitable soundtrack with these settings so uh, if uh, you choose text prompt this text prompt will transform into some kind of uh, special data uh, which we can use with our uh, generator or you uh, can uh, user can choose a genre or a mood or activity and uh, generate a track with these settings n without any text prompt if they don't have idea about uh, how this music can uh, sound. I searched for music that would fit the words of Paul in the background. I actually did not have really a clue what I should search for, but I gave it a try with the words cool, fast beats with attitude. Doesn't really make sense, but I think it works. Don't ask me how I got this idea. That is the music you are listening to right now. I generated music trained on music in the dataset. But where does Mubert has its data from? Mubert uh, works with uh, data sets uh, with around two uh, and half million of different sounds in different genres, moods, uh, like uh, keys, and scales, uh, tempos. So we have this large uh, base of different sounds. And all of these sounds are tagged by different uh, words. So, Uh, with genres, activities, moods, themes, like different uh, tags. We have a complex tagging system. And uh, uh, when user uh, type in prompt uh, in our special field, uh, this prompt goes to uh, text transformer uh, artificial intelligence that can tra transform this uh, prompt in uh, our tags that connected with sounds. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, so it's like a text prompt uh, 
it converts to some line of different text and we generate music from these corresponding sounds that have some text from this prompt. Okay, so let's recap. The songs are described with metadata, with tags. But who does the work of tagging the music in the data set? Musicians, because uh, musicians and sound designers are uploading uh, these uh, sounds to our base. We have a special uh, platform for uh, artists, Mibert Studio. And uh, we pay musicians uh, for these uh, licenses, for these samples. So our dataset is ethically sourced, so because we have all agreements, all contracts with these musicians. So when they uh, upload these sounds, they can tag it or we can ask them for, uh, to tag it. Yeah, so if you want to uh, get paid and upload some sounds, we can ask you to tag it also. Let's try this out. I asked Mubet to generate me something with the words walking the beach with a cocktail in your hand. For this prompt, I think that it will uh, generate something suitable. But uh, uh, in, of course, we don't have uh, all music genres and all moods in our dataset. So uh, Mubert will generate something that can generate, but of course it, it can be not relevant at all, but it, it will try to guess what uh, user needs. So uh, it will choose like, uh, I think that it will choose like our summer channel with some indie house, with some light uh, arrangement and uh, funky beats. So something like that, because it, it, it uh, has like something about summer, about beach, about positive vibes. So it can find our tags that's relevant to this uh, prompt. Of course, these kind of AI-generated songs are scary for people who create music that is used maybe in commercials, films, or even podcasts like this one. And I understand, and as mentioned here many times before, I hope we will find a model soon that will help everyone in the future to get paid properly. But when there is a bad side, there might also be a good side. Actually, it's like uh, lowering uh, the barrier for uh, entering music world. So you maybe don't know how to play instruments or how to set like equalizers, compressors and uh, like tweak synthesizers, but you can uh, create something uh, with your uh, ideas. And uh, yeah, so uh, this uh, kind of personalization of music it's also like democratization and uh, listeners can be, become musicians in some way. So they can get some interest in this field and maybe go to music school. So what do you think? AI generated music as a tool, evil or amazing? Leave me a comment via mail. You will find a link to my homepage in the notes of all the episodes. 
I'm curious what you think, but let's come back to the tagging system, the metadata of songs and datasets, so the music with which an AI was trained. I wanted to know a bit more about that, how the tagging of songs works, and I reached out to Roman Gebhardt, Chief Artificial Intelligence Officer of Cyanide, a German company. So at Cyanide we offer AI solutions for basically everyone that is working with music, It can be labels, Uh, playlist curators, production music libraries, artists. We offer uh, AI tools for analyzing music, tagging music, and also search algorithms, which can be sound-based search, it can be free text search, um, and any kind of different form of multimodal search experiences. So you type in words and the search engine finds in an archive the existing songs with the help of an AI that has learned the descriptions of the songs and connect them to other songs. The music you are hearing and we just heard before was exactly found like this. In this special case I tried out Slippoint Stream, a service that searches royalty-free music in a catalog and for that they use Cyanide's technology. My search was pop and good vibes and the search engine spit out for me next to other thousands of songs Dance Floor Therapy by the artist Mum Bot. Let's listen a bit more to this instrumental. What do you think? Does that sound like pop and good vibes? What I like a lot about Slipstream, you can use the music under special circumstances, which are mentioned in the notes of a podcast, for example, where you downloaded it from and what the name of the song is, the license link. Done. You can find all the songs in the notes of this episode online next to all the other music I used. What I also liked, if you are an artist and the service sees that you downloaded his or her track, You get personal messages from him or her in which you are kindly asked to support their music and give proper attributions. A very good idea in my opinion. But to make it clear again in context of the podcast, we are here not talking about generative AI. It is just a search engine that is based on artificial intelligence that finds songs based on descriptions. But how do we describe music the best anyhow? That could be moods, emotions, it could be genres, it could be styles, it could be instruments and so on. This is all categories that we have which we automatically tag the music with. So you could imagine you have a track, you feed it into our system and our system will spit out new metadata for it. It is a rock track that is kind of in a happy uplifting mood. It contains guitars, contains shakers, percussion and a female vocalist, for instance. This is what you can enrich your metadata catalogs with so that you can basically browse by certain tags. Uh, the search itself consists of something that is actually a little more going into a depth then more into an, a depth than the tagging itself so we are not uh, searching for certain keywords that appear in a search we really directly map text to music so we make the system understand which 
kind of text description fits a song. And for this, we use uh, pairs of audios and text descriptions, full text descriptions for the audios. And we let our systems learn how much the texts are actually related to the original audio. And for that, by this, we allow our AI to understand a some kind of a space where you can imagine any musical piece in connected to any kind of text that you can type in. The song you are listening to right now was found by Slipstream with the text Relax Sounds for the background. 13 Degrees is the song name and Shrine the artist's name. Okay, sounds all easy, we just have to describe music and the models understand, but it's not. Imagine a song like Bohemian Rhapsody, which we heard in the Whitney Houston version earlier. You cannot label that song under one genre. Is it rock? Is it opera? Is it pop? Songs have twists and turns and by describing them, tagging them, one cannot say minute one to two is rock, minute three to five is pop and in between something else. It's too difficult. I'm also a music journalist now for nearly 25 years. One thing I learned during that time, music is hard to describe. I've read many critics of albums and each of them is different. Each of them describes a song, an album differently. But that's okay. That is also the freedom of music. Everyone can take something out of it, out of the songs, out of the album that fits best for him or her. An example, imagine you type in a text prompt like generate me a song that is relaxing and reduces my stress. Some will say I connect this with heavy metal as it makes me happy and releases all my stress. Others would argue I need something that calms me down. Maybe some folk music. Another example, a lot of people listen to sad music because it makes them happy. They feel accompanied. Others can't listen to sad music as it makes them even more sad. So yes. Music tagging is not easy. In music, what we kind of struggle with often is, especially when we compare it to the image domain, where also I think a lot of uprise has been happening within the last years, that there's just a vast uh, amount of material available online, where the big companies simply scrape a lot of pictures aligned with text description for it and build up Dolly with it, Midjourney and so on. This is not so easy for music because music is just a way smaller field and it is also very data heavy. It's not only an image, it's the whole audio file. So it's also harder to train the models on it because it's just much more data heavy, the whole, the whole problem. And also finally, we arrived to the point that often with music, it's not so clear what the music is actually about. So. If you imagine a, an image where you see a dog and a ball, it's quite obvious that everyone would say, yeah, this is a dog and a ball. No one would say, hmm, yeah, maybe it's a dog, but it could also be a cat or something like this is kind of clear. And when we are talking about uh, music, we have 
very different ways to describe genres. Of course, there is somehow a certainty which direction it goes, but there's very vast, major, uh, very vast uh, amount of potential descriptions what you could call a track. Uh, and it is even more this for an emotion that is evoked through music, where there is, of course, a lot of different words that you can describe it as, but also the perception can be very different from person to person. So for one person, it might sound like this. For the other person, it might sound like this. So it is way more a subjective thing than with images, which makes it kind of hard to actually gather metadata that is also meaningful in a full sense that could lead to an objective judgment by an AI system. You are listening to another song with a text search Relax Sounds for the background. The song is ironically called This is the Sign You've Been Looking For. Credits go to the artist called Ringo. Let's come back to datasets. Music comes from different parts of the world and a model might understand the music of one part of the world, but that does not mean at all the music from the other part of the world. The model has understood the structure of one catalog which might be very Western-focused rock music or something like this, and then you apply it to some non-Western music and it absolutely doesn't work. Uh, what is actually also a very big problem in our field that uh, Western music is just way more available um, in the internet, especially there's a lot more metadata for it available. And it's not so much the case for music that is also out there and it's also important, but it's not like um, so much focused on and what we are usually um, hearing in our spheres. And therefore, it just needs uh, a very good curation and bringing together different data sources, also taking care of the data quality where we go through different, very, I would say, in-depth uh, analyses for actually also guaranteeing the quality of a catalog. And then, yeah, it's a step-to-step -step -step process. I can, Often in, in AI, you do something, you see how it works, you see where the problems are, and then you think about how can I solve it and how can I make it more accurate. So it's really a back and forth developing process that we are under. Not like you have an idea, you build one thing and then it's there. It's always you build, re refine, you refine, you refine, because you also understand your data by the models that you train. So. You have a certain structure in the data, which you might not even see. You train your models on and the model has some kind of um, weird behavior. And out of that, you can actually see what the data is structured like. And that is basically also a big part of the whole thing is also to understand music and to, to make some thoughts about what is actually the stuff that you feed your, feed your AI with. Nice Dream, another song from Ringo, this time found under the text Music to enjoy the moment. All my text inputs sound maybe a bit silly, but hey, 
in the end, I was happy with the output. So the music was fine for this episode. I hope you enjoyed episode 4 of the Iliac Suite and I could bring some light into all these complex questions concerning datasets. Thanks for listening. Thanks Paul Skordan from Mubert and Roman Gebhardt from Cyanide for talking to me. Take care and behave.